Welcome to Impacting Jamaica, where we shine the spotlight on the many but often ignored positive happenings, activities, projects and investments at every level across every sector to inspire, motivate and excite people everywhere. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, Red Stripe, Caramed and Proven Investments Limited. Welcome to Impacting Jamaica. I'm Tamika Gordon and I'm speaking with Tyrone Napier, founder of Napier Patterns Mold and Castings. It's a small business manufacturing company that specializes in making aluminum castings. The company has been featured in the, or is a part of the Export Max 3 program put on by the Jamaica Promotions Corporation. Mr. Napier is very, very anxious about imparting knowledge and very keen on sharing what he knows with the younger generation. And his, he is very adept at what he does. His um, works are not, he's noted for, among many other things, the sign of the University of University of the West Indies. And so he's going to be sharing with us today a little bit of the journey and vision for his company. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Napier. Good evening and thank you for having you having me on your program. You're welcome and the pleasure is indeed ours at Impacting Jamaica. Um, we want to start off by talking a little bit about um, who Mr. Napier is. You know, your company profile says you're from Kitsentown, St. Catherine. How, how did you get into the business that you're in? And, you know, where are you? Tell me a little bit about your background. Well, um, the business that I'm presently in now started out as a need, a desire to be active, to do something and to pass on my knowledge and skill to, you know, upcoming youngsters. I am um, at this stage, hoping to Denham Town, which is a, a, one of the backward areas and was able to take myself out there and got myself enrolled in an engineering company, which at that time was called Kingston Industrial Works. And it was one of the leading engineering company in the Caribbean. There I, I, I got my training in the art of pattern making, molding and castings. A little bit about pattern making is when I refer it, it's to persons who does, and it's not a very wide known skill. People mistakenly think of garment industry for patterns, but pattern making in the industry is actually art of producing models for things that you see cast in metal. So whether it be an engine block, a fire hydrant, a manual frame and cover, or a Dutch pot, you have to create this model from which you're going to produce. The idea of Oh, so you make you make the patterns, you make the molds, and that's what forms the framework for the castings. Yes. Okay. So you are from Kitsentown, but you mentioned Denham Town a while ago. Tell me a bit about your background, you know, your childhood. How did you get from Kitsentown to Denham Town? Oh, from Denham Town to Kitsentown. Oh, I sorry. Grew up, grew up in, in, in Denham Town. Sorry. 
as a youngster. And we had, just as it today, it was challenging for young people to stay out of trouble, mm -hmm. keep themselves straight and to acquire a skill. And in those days, there weren't many opportunities available for young men coming up to acquire a skill. So after parents seen this, they reached out and did some research and found out that this entity, this large engineering concern, was offering apprenticeship for young people. And that's how I got started. I did a five-year apprenticeship course, which it took five years to really master, become a master pattern maker. And during that five years, we did our technical training by when going to, uh, I went to Kingston Technical High School. And then to further it, I went and to at what was that time, to the College of Art, Science and Technology, which is now known as UTEC. So your, they, your parents wanted to keep you out of trouble. And yes. so they sent you to be an apprentice yes. and to learn the, and that's how you learn the art of what it is you now do. Yes, exactly. Okay. So did you start out as an entrepreneur? How is that, you know, what you actually wanted to do in, when you started your company? How did the company get to be born? There was two need, a need for me to continue doing, you know, being active and the need for people in the industry depending on the skill that I have to keep getting their work done. So I had to launch out in, and started to set up this workshop which I would from which where I would operate from. What kind of need did they have to get stuff done? They needed to get replacement parts for their machinery. They needed to design and to build items like molds for all the decorative balusters that you would see now on buildings. I would design and build the molds for them therefore opening up an industry which actually didn't exist. But prior to that, no one had these pretty, pretty bottles on their house and on their balcony. Because of the skill that I had to make this mold, I keep producing over the years, redesigning, coming up with new styles, new ideas, new shapes. And it actually did make an impact on the architectural landscape on Jamaica because I can say fairly everywhere, every parish I go, I would see aspects of my work on buildings. They're all there out there. Tell me about some of them. Over the years, uh, important jobs I consider that um, could, would stand out is like I have a beautiful national coat of arms which can adorn any office national building. I've done the entrance the sign, which is on the University of West Indies, and the crest on, the other, on one side. I've done also the, on the entrance of the university hospital, these three round, if you have been there, you'll see three round medallions with like a sunset and a bird in a background. Mm -hmm. Also did the bus of Marcus Garvey, which is now mounted at the UNIA headquarters of King Street. My brother was a sculptor, did the sculpting, and I took it from wax and created a mold in which I cast it from aluminum. 
and it is there now mounted. There are also jobs like on the Spanish Town Traffic Court right now, there's a concrete coat of arm that has been put up there. These are, you know, national so you did the mold for that concrete monument? Yes. I had to, well, I had to, I had to model it myself first and then make a mold from the model. Okay, uh, so it sounded as if you were involved in something else and then you came up with the idea of starting this company. Tell me about the journey to starting the company. You mentioned that people needed to get stuff done, but you know what really inspired you outside of just wanting to fill a need because you you sounded as if you you um you got the training as a child because your parents wanted you to stay out of trouble but it sounded as if you went off and did something else so what brought you back to this yes after learning this skill uh it was very difficult for me to really move up in a company you 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 had done all your your exams and pass it and the company was expanding it was actually closing down so i had to leave out and using aspect of the skill that i learned i was able to do other jobs like making furniture manufacturing i did some art and craft which for craft industry but my passion was always to go into a set up a workshop where i could expand and to do some other things that i see in this company well i started in at, in kitson town the need was as i said people would continually young men like you have a machine shop weber's machine shop or sean's machine shop whenever they get items that they cannot do on their machine they would consult with me i would take it and look at it and if it's necessary i would build the patterns for whatever the item is then i would do my molding casting techniques give them the rough model and they would refine it on their machine in this way a lot of equipment and machinery for bakeries small manufacturing companies would keep their machine going instead of breaking down them breaking down and pushing a corner mm -hmm. and, and having a people losing their jobs or losing the type of production this skill had enabled me to do make back actually build back something that has been destroyed broken or worn out so tell me about some of the things that you've actually made or some of the things that you make um in terms of you know somebody who is just hearing the name of the company and would have no idea of what you do well for example somebody would come this is a recent somebody would come to me and say can you make a cassava greater and i would say yeah i understand the mechanics of the cassava greater so say well i want one um in short it is a huge undertaking for a prototype machine like that you got to have a lot of muscles to go out and put it out there but this is would be the type of things that i would be come up against i built an ice crusher which is crushing ice for the fishing industry i make a design and built a, a ice shearing machine which shears ice you put the, the 
chip the ice and put into this equipment and you operate it and you would get tons of crushed, fine crushed ice coming out of it. Also for the customer of a greater, you would have, it's a, a need knowing to the industry where you have a revolving grater, which you push the cassava in a bin and it presses down. And in so doing, you it would grater the cassava. And for these people to actually use it for the balmy making, starch making, things like that. So you didn't, did you start out as an entrepreneur? Mm. Is that something that you always said to yourself, you know, I want to be a businessman or did this just happen out of, because you had an, an, an inclination or a talent for making things? Yes, it, it didn't start out as being uh, going out there solely to say, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and set up this business. It, it started out more of identifying and um, satisfying the needs of the local industry, my community, my local industry around me. And it eventually blossomed into what is a, a business now. My, like my main, although the skill is there to do a lot of different things, the opportunity and the, 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 um, the, 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 the financial cost of carrying out what I can do is, is a is a obstacle in most cases what i oh, that's I'm one doing, of the questions i have um for you to tell me about the greatest challenge or some of the challenges you've had you know in your line of in your line of business some of the greatest challenges i see in the line of, of business is that to be able to do what for example my idea at when i started out I looked at like a woodwork shop and I would see a bandsaw, I see a giant, I see woodworking machines and they were similar, they were similar in work to produce. When I was in the factory, I was able to make back pieces of like this, never a whole complete machine, but it always tied with the idea that if I could build a model for these equipment, mold them, cast them, how could I get the pieces that fit it together? Because Mark, you know, it's a three-fold, four-fold. You build the patterns, you create the mold, you do the castings, which is now the, 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 the rough objects. Then you would take them to the machine shops. Now this engineering company, all this put together. So you take them to the machine shop and they would polish them, bore the holes, fit them together and you'd have a working machine. But as a businessman though, as somebody in the line of creation, creating crafts and, and instruments that you have been doing, what is the what has been the, the most challenging thing for you in terms of operating your business? So major challenge is fin financing, operational expenses, two, to get the, the knowledge of the possibility of what can be done with our, one of our major export, aluminum scrap, what we should be doing instead of sending away this scrap abroad, we should be acquiring it and putting into operation industries that could recycle the aluminum and make things that we import. For one example, look at a magrim on a car. Now, when you buy this magrim, you pay maybe $16,000 for it. 
it drive it for a couple of weeks and you lick it on the sidewalk, bumps out and that rim is no good. Now that rim now is sold like for 15 cents a pound. It average one way 16 pounds. So you know that is not much of a money. And that goes back into the export market, melt up back abroad and chew into a mold and we keep doing the cycles. So one of the challenges you have is getting raw material, getting aluminum? Getting, getting raw material, getting equipment, materials, getting young youths to identify with what I'm doing and see how they could use it to make a living. Tell me about that um, aspect of it, getting the youngsters to identify with the craft that you have been practicing. Mm -hmm. What's the challenge with that? The challenge is with having young people stick it out is that it's a discipline that you don't just walk off the street like a, 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 a man mixing can cast a roof and then get up this man and say, well, cast that roof. It takes certain amount of training, certain amount of um, time to understand basically what is about before they can really be, a, you know, move the industry forward. Now the youngsters of today, they just come and they, they weren't able to be disciplined enough to get this training. And most times it doesn't work out because they say they come to work and not to learn something which is a requirement of the business. So I mean, how long so, would it take for them to actually learn the craft of, well, of making a pattern and creating a mold? Well, I have developed a short term. Remember in the beginning, I said it took me five long years to learn this, to become a master pattern maker in this company. Mm -hmm. What I am seeing here, I didn't have to go through that if I'm gonna take youngsters from the street. You could refashion a smaller, shorter course where you could get hands-on and they could um, acquire basic knowledge of it within say six months. Are you, are, do you have any apprentice now training? Um, we have one at the moment where we are, we have linked, we have um, definitely planned to work along with the art training because we approach them with the problem and they are asking, saying, after discussion, they said they, they would assist us by giving um recommending students who would do the practical aspect of what i do at the workshop and they would follow up with the ac academics at the art art training program art trust training institution yeah, mm -hmm. and this this actually re you know energizes what i do because now you'll be getting disciplined young people who know that training is a necessity to acquire a skill and they now begin to see or could would be able to see the, the full benefits of what I'm showing them. But why is this so important to you though, Mr. Napier? Because many business persons, you know, they're just um focused on building their company, building their brand and making some money out of it. Why is it so important to you for young people to, to acquire the knowledge that you have? Well the it's a tree it's a cyclist question i am see i be, i have a young a, a long desire to get young people to understand that a living can be made from acquiring a skill 
And the skill that I have is basically one of the most important skill in the engineering industry. So I myself would like to see taken to another level where we, in, instead of we depend on buying and selling from abroad, we could be actually making things using basically one of our most important minerals, aluminum, just, just to be able to recycle the aluminum and make things like manual frame and covers, patterns, electrical patterns, where and decorative for fence, just about a huge variety of things we could be doing out here and creating employments and empowering young people to keep up on the street and out of, you know, rounds. of harm's way. Um, tell me about the impact of COVID. We were speaking and you were saying that, you know, COVID significantly impaired what you were able to do um, while we were in the heights of the um, pandemic. How much of an impact did the pandemic have on your company? In my company, it has actually had about an 80% negative impact because most of what I did now currently has to do with the tourism industry. And because they went down, then my business also went down. Um, the building trade also took a dip, as a matter of fact, across the board. Most but what do you do, though, for the tourism industry? Oh, I create one particular island, a miniature Dutch pattern stool. Now, this is an item that is used in restaurants, and they would serve your meal from a little cool pattern stool. Or I would export them to people who are going abroad, constantly come, and they would take up to three, two dozen, three dozen fifty at a time, and they would sell them overseas because. It's like we call it nostalgic. Once you see a miniature Dutch pattern stove and you're Jamaican, is that it's it serves the purpose. It's I tell you something. I, I went to a restaurant on the north coast and I was served my meal in a miniature Dutch pot. And I'm now learning through this interview that you may just well be the gentleman who made produce them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you you sell these to locals and you also export them. Yes. And so that, that's the top product that you are involved in manufacturing. Along with the decorative balusters, this concrete. I wonder if you understand what a baluster is. It's like some of them look, look like, you say, a Coca-Cola bottle. Yes, that pine. you put on your house. Yes. Mm -hmm. These are my main product. I make, I design the model. I make the molds. I put it together and I also do the castings. Because when you make the aluminum molds, you know, you don't have the product yet. You have to put the molds together. Then you mix the cement and pour into these molds. When it sets and dry, you pull them apart and then you will get the product. So you actually make the mold, you do the casting to create the final, the finished product. Yes, I do okay. the design and building and most of the, that's out there. Okay, let's take a break to hear from our sponsors. Manpower, I bet you never knew what you'd get 
Searching for a one-stop solution to all your facility's maintenance needs? Visit Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center. We stock a wide range of COVID-19 washroom, cleaning and other supplies, gardening tools, chemicals and more. Our experts are always ready to give you the best advice. Manpower Maintenance Services Sales and Distribution Center, 14 Collins Green Avenue, Kingston, Freeport Commercial Center, Montego Bay, and 33 Ward Avenue, Mandeville. Visit or call us today, 876-920-472-125. John John, Manoya Inde, Moana when lights are come back. And a pinky this time, Akisha. Akisha, just like me tell pinky. Give GPS your number and then we'll send your text with them things here. So you can't stop, knock my door. What you mean? DM or call JPS and tell them to add your phone number to your account and you will know everything all the time. You're not for us. Send your current contact information and always be in the know. Visit jpsgo.com for more info. Grace has been part of some special moments over the years. Helping to make them, well, more memorable. Even when they're a little bit unexpected. And with 100 years of great taste behind us, you can be sure we'll be making even more moments for a hundred years to come. Grace, taste that moves you. Welcome back. I'm speaking with Tyrone Napier, founder of Napier Patterns Mold and Castings. Uh, thank you for staying with us. Mr. Napier, your company um, is now in the third batch of Jampro's Export Max program. Let's talk a little bit about what that experience has meant for your company. Well, being involved, it, I, I think it's um, a great honor to be involved in the Export Max program. Since what I learned, I was chosen um, a group of 50 of us island-wide to take participate in the program. The program has been very instrumental, very helpful to business people, entrepreneurs, because they, they do a, a wide variety of training, seminars, study, workshops in business administration, business marketing, management, and these are some of the skills that small businesses lack to, to mm -hmm. do the, the, and develop the growth that is out there today. The landscape for business to develop is quite different from what I grew up in, which was work hard, work good, and people will do business with you. Now there's a lot more to business that you learn, you, how you do your survey, your market, find your niche market. Mm -hmm. Do all of these accounting system keep record keeping, how to do a market, pitch on your product, all of these things, and how to get online. Because most of the older business people like myself, we came into the online thing late. Young people, they were there and it's in their lifetime. We had to unlearn to learn how to use a computer as a, a, a tool not just for recreation and Facebook, too, but to display your product, to research for materials, to advertise, all of these things we had to learn and just begin you know, to appreciate and to put them in practice. What are some of the key lessons that you've, you've, you've um, taken from your expert Max experience? Good, good business um, practice. 
it's it's very important to please your customers have a good relationship with your customers and that's one of the key in business always remember to um keep your customers satisfied in and in and wanting to come back to you to do more business mm -hmm. as a as a manufacturing um as an operator of a manufacturing company what are some of the lessons that you have learned overall in the business that you you now operate or the area in which you now operate the first thing i would actually share is to you know have a good business plan mm -hmm. have a good idea where you want to take the business where you want it to grow or you want to see it in x years time do smart planning you know, sit down, work with its business today is not the boss and the worker, it's a team. So you got to have teamwork in your business where you enlighten the staff that you work with as what to expect from them, what they expect from you, how you're going to go forward and the route you take. Because without this clarity, sometimes the manager in our business can be going in a direction for the benefit of the company, but because the workers involved is not aware or understand what is taking place, you can have chaos or you can have confusion in it. So I think in any small business, you have to have your workers or your staff totally involved in what you hope to achieve and to reach and this, the roots are the way you're going to take towards this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We were speaking about the impact of COVID on your business. You shared that because of the impact it had on the tourism industry. It had a real negative impact on your business as well. What are some of the lessons that you have come away from COVID with? Okay, that, that Jamaicans are more, much more flexible and able to divert change from one to survive, we have a survival skill. So while some aspect of the business was going out, you would have to sit and say, what am I gonna do to stay survive? I have to diversify, I have to change what I'm doing a little, I have to adapt or apply something new in it mm -hmm. to survive because this COVID is not gonna be forever. So that is some of the things I had to, to, to look in different directions. Okay. Thank you very much, Mr. Napier, for taking the time out today to speak with us about your company. Um, I want to go back before I was about to close, Mr. Napier, um, forgive me, but I wanted to go back to ask you to just, you know, give me a rundown of what, comp what um, people would be, what customers would best know your company for. So you make the miniature Dutch, Dutch pot on the stove and the stove. You make the balusters. What else um, would you be known for? As I say, again, there would be the, the industrial repair and maintenance in the industry. But those people who have like designing for uh, hotels could be wanting a particular design for something over the windows a flower spot, a particular flower spot, or a shape. I'm noted for coming up with taking a customer's idea, putting it, translate it on a drawing or a sketch that they could see it, 
take this from the sketch to the actual making the model and the pattern and getting the product to them. Okay. Thank you very much for taking the time out to speak with us, Mr. Napier, and we wish you all the best in your continued endeavors. This has been Impacting Jamaica. Impacting Jamaica is powered by the Philip and Christine Gore Family Foundation, Manpower and Maintenance Services Limited, the Jamaica Public Service Company, Red Stripe, Kyramed, and Proven Investments Limited. If you or anyone you know is involved with projects and activities that excite, motivate, and encourage, send us an email to impactingjamaica at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Do join us again for another in the series on Google Podcast, Audible, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher. You can also visit us at impactingjamaica.com.